This is the Rockonomics Podcast, episode number 33. I'm your host, Dill, and today we welcome guitarist Alex Nolan, who caught the guitar bug at age five and was performing as a professional singer and guitarist at age 13 around New York's Hudson Valley. After graduating the prestigious Thornton School of Music at USC, she toured nationally with the seven-piece all-female country band Mustang Sally. She's gone on to play with the likes of Jill Sabule, Toshi Regan, and Nona Hendricks, and was part of the Meredith Vieira Show Band on the NBC Daytime Talk Show during its two-season run. Alex and I met as she prepared to play with Cindy Lauper, and our chat was exactly as follows. to start with you since when we spoke mm-hmm. you sounded tired you didn't get much sleep or sure. you're just getting in yeah and i was just at a show the other night where when they left the stage i was like what are they doing what right. are they doing next so can you yeah. tell me what happened from since last night to sure you, you sitting down with me now absolutely well we usually um on this particular tour we're opening for rob's rob Robbie you know, Stewart. Robbie. <laughs> no, Rob Stewart. Um, and we we actually just play from 7.30 to 8.30. So it's like a very easy set mm-hmm. as, you know, gigs go. Um, so we're done at 8.30. And then Cindy sings a song with Rod, like usually about the fifth song okay. in his set. So you can't leave. <laughs> no, exactly, right. So we... We just hang out backstage, um, and if we have guests, they come back after Cindy's finished with her song, with Rod. Um, and then it's usually about an hour from that point that we hang out and then depart for the next city. Is there any post-game analysis? Post-game analysis. Um, like speaking sometimes. to Will- like Williams, the musical director, <laughs> yeah, but is, yeah, it, yeah. is it him or Cindy that will say, let's make sure tomorrow night we... Sometimes. hit the note or whatever it may be. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, if everything goes right, you know, it's usually just like, hey, that was good, (laughs) you know. Um, If something went really wrong, sometimes, like, like last night I talked to William about a couple things regarding monitors or in-ear monitors, um, Mm -hmm. mixes that seemed a little bit different on a couple songs. So we might, you know, um, chat about that for a second. Okay. but you know, assuming all goes well in this show, it's pretty it's pretty smooth. How many years have you been part of the touring band? I joined with uh, just over two years. Okay, I joined, so you're fairly new. Yes, I'm very new. I joined um, uh, just before she began her tour for the Detour album, which okay. was her country record mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. Okay, I was shocked to learn that you had about a week rehearsal just going into this tour. Is that oh correct? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. his argument was, I'm, you know, the, everyone's a pro. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but it just seems like, and I'm sure it's not, you know, like you said, if you guys got the hour opening slot, there's not a whole lot of choreography and, sure. you know, hit the marks and the lights and. Sure. Is that is that why it maybe maybe it was a week? You know, a week is enough for a tour like this. I mean, really, most of us have been playing with Cindy, so we're. You know, there may be a couple new songs in the set. Um, it's a lot of the stuff that we're used to playing. Mm-hmm. Um, our drummer is just brand new. Brand She's new. Yeah, this was her, I don't know, fourth show with us last night. Um, so, you know, a lot of the preparation for the tour is kind of bringing the new people up to speed and just deciding the intro, like how we're going to open the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not... It's not super complicated okay. I would say now in your previous lives did you tour the states extensively or you're well previous lives like you know bands? before yeah. oh yeah Pre, oh yes pre-Cindy yes I um, when I got out of college I got called to play with this band called Mustang Sally which uh, is a at the time it was a seven piece all women band based out of Nashville. Okay. Um, so I moved to Nashville, and uh, and they they are on the road like most of the year. Okay. They always return to Nashville, but they're out you know the majority of the week every week, and still doing that actually. But so I kind of jumped right into that and um, 
yeah, from, you know, so I've been used to being on the road. So right out of college, mm-hmm. um, this gets into the rockonomics. So right out of yeah. college, you, you got a job. And yeah. I'm assuming, was that, were these bus, you know, were these tour buses like, yeah. you know, everyone's used to? Um, how big was the band? Yeah, Seven Piece. Seven Piece women. Band. Yeah. Um, at that point, we're like, I made it? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's funny because when I was in college, I started as a guitar performance major and thinking I was going to do what I actually do now. And I, this was my dream. Um, and then halfway through college, I thought, you know, I should really learn about the music business. And, you know, maybe it's not practical to be a performer. And there's so many guitar players out there. What's the point? So it was actually a surprise when a week before graduation, I got this um, inquiry about uh, they were looking for specifically female guitar players, which there just aren't that many of for whatever How many reason. were in your class? One, me. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, no, for, forget class, the department. <laughs> yeah, so it's like department of 50 people, let's say, including grad students, and the only, the only one. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. So, um, so I thought, oh, what the hell, you know, I'll audition. But I really, at that point, wasn't planning to pursue, uh, you know, being a sideman. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get into music business studies? I, uh, yeah, I did. So my degree is actually in music business. So what is what does that entail? Like, what would you have left in be be an A and R or uh, management or? We did well. We, it was kind of general industry classes, and but we also took recording classes. Okay. So I kind of learned about you know using Pro Tools and miking stuff, and which is actually very practical, even as a guitar player, uh, because I can record stuff from home for people. No, now as a as like an extra thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else did we do. Um, you know, Sibelius like writing charts okay. and stuff was also part of it. Uh, and yeah, in general business classes, we took a music law class, which was cool. It's a general, but um, it was a good overview of things to expect. And they know. were they these tools that you could actually put to use like I mean yeah, you said totally. like, you know, some of the legal stuff and yeah. you know, kind of see how it works. Right. Not get, you know, taken advantage of. Yes. Um, how long did Mustang Sally's go for? Mustang so they they still exist. They've probably been around for like 30 years, but I was in the band for about a year. So um, yeah. What what came what followed? Um, I then, I then moved back to New York, and um, and actually, you know, waited tables <laughs> for a few months um, to kind of like figure out what I was going to do next. Where at? Um, in in Poughkeepsie, New okay. York. I yeah. Say, as a so former New Yorker, I want to yeah, know the place. <laughs> totally, no, totally. I grew so I grew up um, in Dutchess County, New okay. York. Uh, went to high school in Poughkeepsie. So I moved back in with my family uh, in Millbrook, New York. And, yeah, waited tables for a few months and um, was going to New York City a couple nights a week to, um, you know, to go see people play and kind of network. And then, you know, at that time I got a random inquiry um, to play with this young country artist named Katie Armiger. And uh, her manager was looking for somebody that could, a female guitarist that could double as a chaperone with her because she was 16. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> um, so I stayed in the room with her. I ended up, ended up doing this gig for maybe eight months. How was it? It was great. It was great. It was primarily going with her to radio stations around the country to promote her singles. Okay. So what they call a radio tour. Um, so I would just go to a city and, you know, we would, uh, play in the station for the executives there, uh, the program directors, uh, play a couple tunes and then take them out to dinner. Were her parents involved at all or? They were not involved. I mean, they were, you know. In her career uh, maybe. Of course. Yeah. But not on the road with us. No. So it was, so I was really staying with her. 
My children aren't yet teenagers, but yeah. I, I can assume teenagers are are hard to handle sometimes. Yeah. Was it was it a smooth uh, oh, experience? Oh no, no. She, she was great. She <laughs> okay. was great. I mean, I haven't seen her since then, but um, that was a while ago now. But uh, no, she was great. It, what it years are we talking? A year? This was two thousand and eight. Okay. So eight, ten years ago, yeah. Um, and your folks. Were they mm-hmm. supportive of your decisions and, you know, going into music? Yeah, absolutely. I was really lucky um, to have that support. But uh, my parent, my mom is actually a singer okay. and actress. So I grew up with her performing for a living and acting. Um, and I actually, when I was five years old, knew that I wanted to play guitar. Like, I just... What, what gave you the bug? <laughs> or what did you see? Um, my, my, my older sister is seven and a half years older than I am. And so she was listening to, you know, funny, funnily enough, <laughs> Cindy Lauper oh, really and funny. like, um, that was actually her first record was she's so unusual, um, which is funny because I was born. So that record came out 83. I was born 84. Okay. So play her in the room, in the womb at some point. Exactly. Yeah. So she was listening to the radio a lot, pop music, and I remember hearing, um, you know, like Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, and and then a little later, um, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and just the the guitar, right? And just being so turned on by that sound, and and like fantasizing about doing this in front, of, like playing that in front of people. And I begged my parents for an electric guitar, and um, it took them two years to realize that I was serious. serious. Yeah, <laughs> I love that story because oh. it's always the it's always the like I played drums. Yeah, and it was, yeah. And it was Kiss, so it was like, yeah. Mom, Dad, I want you know, I want a drum kit. And it's like, you know, back then it was probably like three hundred dollars, but sure. You know, they don't want to, and, and you're at that age where it's like, oh, this will be two, we'll, we, we'll spend $300, it'll be two weeks, and right. then we'll have a drum set done, sitting right. in our living room. <laughs> sure, sure. So I can understand, that's why I, I love, you know, the stories that, you know, the parents finally buy the, so what did, what kind of, was it a yeah. nice guitar, was it, you know, the you know, or? <laughs> no, well, it was, I still have it, actually. It's, uh, it was a Yamaha Pacifica. Okay, I'm not sure I know what that is, but um, yeah, well, it's kind of like a strat, like but they, but it actually had humbuckers in the bridge, so like it was really rock sounding guitar, um, yeah. And actually, my mom fra- she saved the receipt, and I have a frame of the receipt. <laughs> How much? It was like with a, it came with like a you know a music book and staff paper and a few things uh and i think it was like four hundred dollars in total that's nice yeah nice thing and what about uh lessons yeah did they come through private lessons or through school yes so i started taking private lessons right away um so when i was seven and uh and then i studied with the same teacher uh vito petrosito (laughs) great local guitar player um for seven years, and then I went to college for guitar, for, for jazz guitar, yeah, okay. at USC in Los Angeles. Did you audition for that? Is that I a did, yeah. That's, um, what's yep. it called, the uh, Thornton School of Music? Yeah, wow, yeah. Yeah, yep. impressive. Um, so where so where are we? So you graduated, you, yeah. you, you got this gig yep. out of Nashville. How'd yep. you like Nashville? Mustang Sally, what? How'd you like Nashville? Oh, gosh. Um, you know... It was okay. I I actually enjoy it visiting more than when you know as a side musician touring. So we would let's say go out from like Wednesday through Sunday, right? Like arrive back on the bus at it's like early Sunday morning, and then you're on this crazy schedule where you sleep till two in the afternoon. And I think in Nashville it's a little tough because they don't have a lot of restaurants that are open super late and um it's kind of you know it's not like New York City right. let's yeah. say yeah <laughs> yeah whenever I left New York and went someplace I said like I love this place right. I love it and then it's when it once it closes down and the sun goes down you're like there's nothing <laughs> nothing <laughs> right, to right. eat here <laughs> right exactly yep um okay so you're you're sitting for this yeah. young 16 yeah. year old yeah. what's uh what's the next uh yeah. It's the next leap. Let's see. So I did that for about, for her radio tour for like eight months. Um, 
and then I kind of reevaluated again, like, you know, what am I doing? What do I want to continue trying to pursue being a side musician? And, um, so I, I moved to Jersey City, which is like, you know, Desperate. the new Brooklyn now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Which is actually like getting really expensive now. But um, so this was 10 years ago. Moved to Jersey City. So, yeah, you're the early adopter of Jersey City. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe. Um, and I had no, nothing, like no work or anything. I moved in with a couple other people, so my rent was super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and Are you working I, a job like waitressing or no, are you just getting no, by with No, I had some money some saved, so I it was okay like to not have any work. But... Um, a friend of mine, this this guitarist named Chris Bono, uh, was kind of like a friend and mentor, and he told me, and he had kind of, I had been in touch with him a couple years prior, and he was the one that told me, you know, go into the city a couple nights a week, look at the Village Voice, see who's playing, singer-songwriters, mm-hmm. just go to a songwriter showcase and see people, and uh, keep in touch with them, and, you know, they might want to hire you for sideman work go see other guitar players study with a famous guitar player which was great advice because he said you know you know you're paying to not only take a lesson with them but to know them so it's well worth it because if they can't do a gig and they think you're good right they might recommend you for something that they can't do so this is behind Vito's back Oh, yeah. No, well, Vito, that was early, though. That was, like, when I was upstate New York, um, and I still know him, and he's amazing. But this was, uh, no, this was, like, later. Okay. This was just advice from another guitarist. So who did that become? Did did you land, did you start study under? uh... I studied, well, I took a couple single lessons with different people. I took a lesson with Oz Noy, who's, like, a fusion guitarist that he's amazing he's Israeli like amazing chops and really funky and he plays at the bitter end a lot uh, weekly actually when he's in town so that was a really good uh, person to meet Mm -hmm. and also get his take on playing Um, and then I took a couple lessons with Adam Levy who's a phenomenal studio studio guitarist he played uh Nora Jones's first record, like all that guitar stuff. Okay. Don't know why. That's all him. Um, he played the solo on Tracy Chapman's "Give Me One Reason." Oh wow! He's amazing. He's one of my favorite guitar players. So I took a lesson with him, and I would also go see him play. Uh, he used to have a Wednesday night gig at this club called Banjo Gyms that does not exist anymore, <laughs> but he played there every night with um actually with Sean Pelton who's uh oh yeah yep. Elaine Caswell's husband yeah and um and Andy Hess who's a great bass player so that was uh that was great to see educational to just see them play every week and um you I'm sorry to yeah, cut you off, no, but please. no you, and you're going there but you, yeah, you mentioned yeah. about um networking did, was yeah. it, did that come natural for you I mean was that an easy thing to do or was that kind of stepping out of yourself to kind of have to Mm. You know, press the flesh and, you know, hey, I'll be in touch and then be in touch. And Right. That's a great question. And I, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a constant, let's say, I think I would str- I think I would struggle with it. Totally. And you know what I think and I've come to try to accept that we all have to do what's comfortable for us, you know, like we all have different personalities and I think for some people it comes really naturally to mm-hmm. um, self-promote. Yes. And for some of us it doesn't. But I think if you if it doesn't come naturally to you and you push for it, for it, it comes off uh, like it's not comfortable. It mm-hmm. doesn't come off in the way that you'll want it to. Right. So it doesn't work, you mm-hmm. know. Um, honestly, I think what it comes down to is just making relationships with people. Right. So let's say, I mean, if you want to call that networking, sure. But, you know, that's where going to see people play or taking lessons with them or 
talking yeah. to them about anything outside of music, but like where you're actually making a connection yeah. with somebody. Say there's nothing artificial. You do right. have something in no, common. It's genuine. You do have the same passion. Absolutely. So it's easy to feed off them. And yes, yes, it could be like sports. You know, like oh, so and so loves you know the Giants, and we we have that in common, or you yeah. know, if, and it's genuine. I I don't mean it as like a um, you know, <laughs> like this, you know, um, yeah, like I'm no, but trying I mean, it's just, to. It's, it, I mean, yeah, I don't mean it. Even using the term networking sounds sure. so uh, superficial. Fake, yeah, sure, yeah. But you do see how. I mean, that was such great advice. Mm-hmm. Who gave it to you? Because you see how, you know, a vacancy opens, and you, you know, I talk to, you know, just for the show, I talk to people all the time, and you hear, how did you get this? It's like through this guy sure. you know it's always that you know or this girl it's always who you not always who you know i mean but right. you guys you know you have the chops to back it up yeah um so oh please <laughs> oh thanks no but i think <laughs> but i think genuine relationships trump everything else you know um yeah like when you really know people uh so i think that's what you have to work towards just like you know, just meeting people mm-hmm. and you don't need to make it about music. So what became a kind of a breakthrough for you in that time? What was the next, you know, kind of opportunity? Um, okay. Yeah. So let's see. So, right. So a few years I was doing that grind, like going to see people play. Um, and I was teaching privately as a, um, a great supplement to that, you know, I would all, always recommend teaching private lessons um, if you're trying to make it as a side musician because mm-hmm. it's... Who's the guy in New know? York who oh, has yeah, the yeah. flyer in every bodega? Oh, like Dan somebody. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. Yeah. You can study with Dan. <clears throat> I'm going to look him Hi, up Dan. next time. No. I'm, <laughs> next time I'm in New York, I'm yeah, going to get yeah. him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be awesome, actually. Smart that's, guy. That's such a New York thing. Yeah. Um, so I did that, like, you know... Um, primarily actually during the day which was great um and how'd you get the word out is that an internet thing or is that a village voice back yeah back the yeah craigslist actually okay. i'm not sure now if uh, i haven't advertised in a long time but i'm not sure if it's still the current best way mm-hmm. to advertise but at the time about you know let's say eight years ago it was really effective yeah um and i also you know, promoted myself as a female guitarist. So I found that a lot of parents felt comfortable um, reaching out to me to teach their daughters. Sure. You know? And you still, you're on the faculty of the National Guitar Workshop? Is that like I a, was at the time. And you that know, was that, like an online lesson type of thing? or Well, was, you know, it was, a, it was a summer camp, actually. And I, when I was uh, a young teenager, I went there as a student. Um, and then ended up teaching there for a few years. And it was, they, they basically took over um, a prep school campus for the summer and would have week-long sessions. Okay. Cool. So I would teach there in the summer. But it actually doesn't exist anymore. Um, <laughs> and there's so many. At the time, there weren't really, there wasn't School of Rock yeah, and all, yeah. this, all these other programs. And now there are so many. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so where are we? Where are yes, we? Where so, are we in your, sorry. So I was your... teaching. Okay. And then, um, you know, playing gigs in the city with different uh, artists locally, primarily. Um, and then I, I got called to play at this festival called the Michigan Women's Music Festival um, in 2011. And this is a festival, it also doesn't exist anymore, but it was, um, it happened for 40 years, starting in 1975. And this woman owned uh, a large piece of land uh, about two hours from Grand Rapids, Michigan, in the woods. Okay. And would hold a festival every August um, where only women could attend. So it was like, let's say 6,000 women only for a week in the woods. Um, and they would bring in artists like, you know, the Indigo Girls and 
uh, various female artists. But so I got called to play with an artist who had a, a male band but had to replace all her musicians with females. So Funny. I had heard about the festival um, and ended up playing with this artist, Shelley Nicole. Um, and I went there and ended up meeting all these other artists, uh, like such as Jill Sobule, who's... Mm -hmm. um, I was a fan of when I was a kid, you know, she had a couple hits, I Kissed a Girl and right, yeah. Supermodel. So actually that week that I played with Shelly Nicole, I ended up playing I Kissed a Girl with Jill Sobule oh, that's just cool. from being there. Wow. Um, which was, that was the first time I got to play a song that I knew, like that I, you know, for me it was, it was a big hit song with the artist. And that's I cool. And was just like... <laughs> like I can get used to this. Yeah, yeah. That I'll never forget. That actually, yeah. So did that that event became a springboard for good good things? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. From then on, like a lot of artists from that festival, um, Toshi Regan, who's a great New York artist um, and activist, she has since recommended me for I don't know so many things. Um, <laughs> And playing with Jill Sobule, I've continued to do since then. Um, and between those things, but really, yeah, based, wow, man, it all traces kind of back to that back to Michigan that. Women's Music Festival. Yeah, um, I've been recommended to do other things, and there's no better thing than being recommended. There's, yeah. there's no better way to get a gig. So in terms of making a living, too, mm -hmm. since then, is that kind of that gives you the, enough opportunity where you can get rid of a roommate or two <laughs> right exactly um <laughs> sure yeah if you want to at some point um yeah and students too you can right, cut right, those right. ones that don't damn practice right <laughs> <laughs> yep for sure it takes time but uh yep so where where are we now year wise yeah so let's see that all started in 2011 and then I was kind of doing a lot of gigs with those artists um, for the next few years let's say yeah so 2014 um, I got a random call one day from this guy named Everett Bradley who at the time was Bruce Springsteen's percussionist and backup singer <laughs> and I still I saved the voicemail like I'll never forget this one but he uh, left me a message and said, hey, um, I'm doing this show called the Meredith Vieira Show. It's a daytime television show on NBC. And just want to see, you know, what your schedule is like. We're looking for a guitar player. So <laughs> within hours, I ended up going to NBC uh, and auditioning for this role, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they were starting this daytime television show and uh, Meredith wanted to have a female band directed by Everett Bradley. Okay. So there were three other females in the band, but they hadn't settled on a guitar player. So I went there that day and um, a week later we were taping the show. <laughs> did, you did you have to meet Meredith? Yeah, yeah, sure. Get, okay. Yeah, I mean, we were, they, they were, it was kind of late in the game. They were still not uh, settled. So they were already in the studio, like, starting to, you know, tape segments. And And is that, like, post-today show, so, like, 9, 9 a.m. show? or Yeah, what? it it actually, well, you know, it's, um, it aired in New York City at 2 p.m. So at the time, it was... It was right before Steve Harvey and Ellen. Okay. So it was Meredith, Steve Harvey, and Ellen in okay. New York. But and was know. it a live show? Not at first, but then um, we did end up doing a lot of live shows that would air certain cities. It aired at the time we were taping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, good paycheck. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. we're TV, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah, because it's. Um, and what's the day? The what, what's what's yeah. the day like? What's the day yeah. like working for for that show? Sure. Yeah. So we taped at Thirty Rock um, in Studio Six A, which is 
across the hallway from Jimmy Fallon in the Tonight Show. It must have been great just walking in every day. Sure. To 30 oh, Rock. amazing. You got to feel like you know, got the badge. And oh yeah, no, it was like wow. <laughs> yeah, that that's when you feel like, like I made it. it. Somehow this <laughs> happened, you know. Um, so our day started really early. So my call time was seven a.m. Um, on the weekdays, and so I would get up at like you know five. 5.30. Uh, Are you going 7 8, like right to hair and makeup? Or? Yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. So 7 a.m., you're in the chair for makeup and hair. So yeah. why'd you get up so early? <laughs> well, Are you just I, saying if you're getting hair and makeup, just like roll out of bed, yeah, get a bagel, and, you know, well, because 15 minutes early? Or... Totally. But if you live, I guess if you live near 30 Rock, you, sure. Okay. But you're like, still in, were you still in Jersey City? No. So at this point, I was in, I, where I still live, in Yonkers, New York, which okay. is in Westchester County. Um. So I would actually just drive in to, you know, Midtown, and at that time of the day, it's yeah, super you, you easy. Want, yeah, like twenty wanted, minutes. You want to drive Damn. Early. <laughs> right, right. So I would anyway. So hair and makeup at seven. Uh, we would rehearse for segments um, at about eight o'clock. Um, maybe grab some breakfast, and then get dressed at nine, and then at ten a.m. we would be taping a show. Were you charting? stuff for yourself like you're like you're doing intros and outros and Mm -hmm. yeah bumpers yeah yeah um walk-ons and stuff like that um everett would chart music for us yeah so um the charts were pretty easy because it's really only like let's say four eight bars of music that Mm -hmm. we're repeating um so yeah so it was short music is that part of was that part of the audition also like here's yes you know, exactly here's some music yeah play can it. you read yeah <laughs> exactly so that's also really useful um yeah the only things that would change on the show sometimes we would be in actually in a segment so not just playing music but also interacting right. with meredith or like playing a game with a celebrity or something um so we would rehearse that or we would do uh specific music for games mm-hmm. so it was like a one-time thing where we would learn, you know. We would just kind of... Was that nerve-wracking when you'd be part of the show like that? When, you know... You know, it, it, was, it was actually really comfortable. Um, Meredith is a very down-to-earth, mm-hmm. kind person. So I think that the energy from her um, really translated to all of us. That's nice. Yeah, uh, and you know, also when you're taping in front of a studio audience, you don't you don't necessarily feel all yeah, the viewers yeah. on TV. It's not like when now, like when we play in front of <laughs> a lot of people. Now, yeah. I've been to a taping of like a Letterman. It is. It seems a little surreal because yeah. it is so like staged. You know, right, like, right, like right. Nothing Small, here is real. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> um, so I can see where it's not as like you know, there's not two million eyes on you. The, there is on through the TV, but not on, in the studio, as you said. Sure. Um, yeah. How long did that last? So that show went two seasons. So we taped for just under two years. And um, musical guests? Did you have? Did you yeah. play with some some really great guests that you admired? We did play for some people. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, <laughs> we had Tommy Two Tone come and play. Did you do Jenny? Eight, you did Jenny, <laughs> yep. So that, actually for me, that was so fun because the guitar line is oh, great. everything. <laughs> so that that was like, you know, that felt pretty cool. Is that an easy guitar line? Yeah. I mean, I had been playing it in cover life. bands for years, <laughs> so I was definitely prepared <laughs> for that. Um, Cisco, like ran, random <laughs> people. That they would have on the show. Um, oh, we had Ray Parker Jr. We played Ghostbusters with him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That sounds fun. Was it? Um, I mean, were you? Was it a profound disappointment when it was when it ended? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were really bummed. Um, we had hoped that. Um, you know, actually, when like when we signed on to do the show, the hope was that we had like a four-year contract with them. Um, so that was our hope that at least it would start from there and go beyond that. But um, man, yeah, we found out that daytime television is really hard to yeah 
to stay, especially with that format, having a band, and it's a lot. So did they, you didn't, did you get paid for another two years on a four-year contract? Um, no, not for, not for taping those shows, but we got um, residuals, which is, you know, yeah. it's, it's great. So for a while, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really good for a while. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to do, do some TV again. I know, it could have been. I, I yeah. mean, were you comfortable in thinking, like, this, would be, this is a great 10-year gig for me? I mean, yeah. this is a great, you know. Totally. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess if you... I mean, it's so unique. And yeah. what, I mean, at the end of the day, what time would you walk out? Um, like... Three thirty, four o'clock. Okay. Because we would tape in the afternoon too, yeah. at two o'clock also, and then if we had any like post tapes where we had to redo some segments or tape a segment for another show, we might stay a little longer. But yeah, so about seven to let's say four, um, four days a week. Um, and also financially, you must have been like shit. <laughs> this cash cow is yeah, is milked. Yeah. Um, but that gets us close to that was so that was 2014. Did you say when it started? Yeah. So, so I finished 16? with them in 2016, and actually, a month before I got called to play with Cindy. Um, tell us that story. Yeah. Um, so the show ended, and I was you know again like on the hunt right for another thing, and um, there was a possibility of maybe doing. At that time, um, Waitress, the Broadway show, was opening. So it was that was kind of in discussion, like I might do that show, and uh, that didn't work out. But um, a couple weeks later, I got this call from... Uh, no, wait, no, I got an email from Cindy's manager saying, uh, hey... You know, are you around? I manage a few acts. She didn't even say <laughs> what it was for, but she said, "Are you in town?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah, I'm in town." Do you tend to get? Was did you know? Okay, yeah. she, she didn't say who it was for. Right. Do you tend to get a lot of those inquiries? Like, I'm doing um, this thing, or you know, well, that aren't necessarily that great, maybe or. Oh, I, oh. I, yeah. I mean, I think. Um, well, for these things that are, you know, that are really big, you don't necessarily know what they are right. <laughs> when they, because they, you know, they want to contact yeah, you yeah. and don't give you all the information and everything. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't say often, but. So at one point, did you, you followed up and then it became. Yeah, again, so similarly to the Meredith show, hours later, I was playing with Cindy <laughs> so yeah like really same day yeah same day so I got the email like you know let's say eight I don't know nine in the morning responded an hour later um got a call like how soon can you be in at SIR in Manhattan it's like uh I mean I don't know an hour okay like can you learn time after time girls just want to have fun and money changes everything like Okay, you know, and she she said, yeah, I managed Cindy Lauper, and we were going on tour in a week, and uh, in a week, our other guitar player didn't work out, so we're kind of scrambling, and you you're highly recommended, and so who gave the recommendation? So the, uh, Everett Bradley actually, okay. and he's good friends with Elaine Caswell, who sings backup vocals with Cindy, and so that was the connection. Uh, so it was from doing the Meredith show and, and knowing Elaine a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And Cindy loves to hire women, which is awesome, especially right now. Um, so she was hoping to find a female. So that's kind of, again, like how it came about. Was it a quick decision? Like you went in a couple hours later. Did you hear end of day or you heard a week later? Oh, I no, no. It, it was you like it, you got the job. They were really under the gun. So it was the kind of thing where... This is like what we, as music, as side musicians, hope for. It's like, you know, uh, where you have the opportunity to. All you have to do is kick ass, and you got the job. You know what I all mean? All you have to do. Yeah, no pressure. All you have to, all do, you have to do is be brilliant. Right, right. No, but like, you know, <laughs> be confident. Just, it's what do they say? Like, good luck is where preparation meets yeah. opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is exactly 
what we're talking about. Did you happen to know the songs? I, anyways, I, mean, or, been, I mean, you knew I of them. Certainly, yeah. Time after time, and girls, I've been listening to since I was. But on little on such short notice, yeah. Do you go to the internet and get the tabs or the music, or oh, do, do no. you know it by no, ear? Just, do you play it by ear? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I just goes to you. I'm, the, I'm drums. I don't know. Jack yeah, of shit course, about else. of course, <laughs> sure. No, I just listen to the music, and um, for me, like I'm, I'm really into uh, using pedals and and um, honing in on the actual tones, mm-hmm. the sounds that the guitarists create, is something that I'm really passionate about, and I think that it's been something that I get called for too. Like I get called for gigs because of that, so. Uh, when I learn music, I not only, you know, learn the parts, but really care about how to cre- recreate the sound that right. they've already figured out. You yeah. Know? So I did that for those three songs, and um, I came in and I played with um, William Whitman. You know, played the three songs, and uh, and then someone came in and said, "Do you have a passport?" And <laughs> it's kind of like. You know. Did you have a passport? I did. Those are yeah. a pain in the ass so to get on like, short okay, notice. Okay, cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, two weeks later, you're on the road. Like a week later, yeah. And is this seventeen yeah. or sixteen? Um, twenty sixteen. Because um, so actually, I, yeah. I was I was going to start this podcast with, yeah. and, and we can we oh, can, yeah, we can go there right now because yeah, yeah. it'll segue nicely. But what, so when you got here's the tour, mm-hmm. what did you think? Because did you go to, like, was that Japan and Australia at the time? Or is that, that was, no. that was the country, so it was just the States? Right. So we okay. started, my first, well, we did a couple TV appearances first in New York. So we played Seth Meyers um, and the CBS morning show. Were those, City. was that fun for you? Was that It was fine. and Yeah, no, it was fun. <laughs> you and tell I I'm actually, a nervous person, like. Right, no. I wouldn't but, shit in my pants. But, you know, having done the Meredith show, like, it yeah, was yeah. Oh, seemed, like, really comfortable yeah. um, to do the TV stuff. It's like... Yeah, it's like a nature at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when we actually, a couple days later, started the perf- live performance tour, we the first show was at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which was really special. Um, and I was, you know... Being that being a country album, first <laughs> night of the tour, um, and there's a couple tunes that I had to learn, the solos note for note, which are like you know like fast country mm-hmm. kind of Django-y solos, um, so challenging. Jeez. So it they work it worked out, but I was a little <laughs> bit, let's say nervous, like a You're little self conscious <laughs> about like who was in the audience sure. at the Ryman and yeah. playing this shit, but. Um, yeah, but it, you know. So you, so that was, so you, you toured the States, which you've already done, so it's nothing new yeah. to you. But I guess, mm-hmm. I guess being a, a veteran of it now, I was looking at this tour. Mm-hmm. So what's your impression when you get, you know, I, I'll give it to you. This, sure. you. We're missing a couple top yeah, and yeah, yeah. top top and bottom, but when you get this in your email or however you get it, what's, how do you decipher it? Or what's your impression of it? Or mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Do you look at like... Well, to me, this is awesome because, you know, I've never played at Madison Square Garden. So I'm really excited for August 7th because this is like a dream of when I actually think about it, it makes me a little emotional. Um, But, you know, yeah, it's a dream. Like as a kid, if you want to play drums or guitar, like, wow, like maybe someday (laughs) I'll play at Madison Square Garden. So I'm so psyched for that. But, you know, all these venues are venues like that, actually. Um, well, I, like I'll, like yeah. the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Like the, yeah. You, there are some, even myself, yeah. in looking at this, yeah. I think, and I guess here's another question. Are there, are there certain cities you look forward to? Sure. You know, and I, and I, I know you don't want to be biased, and nobody, no artist wants to be biased, but yeah. I think, you know, you go to L.A., Chicago, mm-hmm. Tennessee, New yeah. York, you can have a you know an audience mm-hmm. you know a, yeah. i guess I, don't know, I won't say a well informed audience but just a, a lot of people mm-hmm. it's their music cities they're highly you know densely populated whereas you go to the secondary cities and you've got the the pepsi centers and the mountain dew centers and right, the tire right. center you know and it becomes yeah. these like just 
arena after you know corporate arena after corporate yeah. arena. Do you do you look forward to those kind of the bigger cities? You know the well known cities. I know you can get up anytime you yeah. step on a stage and there's thousands of people screaming for you. You can get right. up for that performance. Sure. But from the before you get to that state on that stage, yeah. do you tend to tend to be looking for certain parts of the country or? I well, I would say when I have guests, you know, like family members or friends that can come to the shows, I always feel feel excited to share it with them. Right. You know, like yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. So that's <laughs> something that's really fun. Um, you know, but all you know, even if I don't have guests, actually, the these arenas, it's just so cool to to like feel the vibration of the base and sure. it's a big arena it's it's different than i mean a th- a performing in a theater like the beacon theater let's say is also uh, a different experience and also very special mm-hmm. but man you know playing on an arena where you look back and like you see the video screens and like <laughs> you know lights and it's now this is what we this is why we dreamed how, of playing music right how many times have you caught yourself on the video screen, <laughs> not, <laughs> looking you know, back at it, <laughs> not a lot actually, not a lot because I'm not I'm not usually like looking yeah. backwards, um, but uh, but you know when I have friends in the audience and they take photos of like they'll take photo of me and then like the screen in yeah. the back of me and it's just like wow that's what it looks like it's it's cool yeah that's amazing um, did you go was it last year that you guys went. To Australia, New Zealand. Yes, yes. Um, with, with Blondie. And was that beyond that? Did you go to? I talked to uh, William about yeah. um, Japan and. I've never been to Japan. Okay. And I, I, so obviously, you know, I never went with Cindy, but um, I'm hoping that that uh, that we go soon. Um, but I know that they've had like great tours in Japan, and I guess she's very well received there. Yeah, well, so he was explaining she braved the uh, nuclear meltdown last time. One of the last. <laughs> <after that. laughs> well, yeah, yep, I heard that too. <laughs> um, so every show I end with the same mm-hmm. five questions. Everybody yeah. gets. So okay. let's let's go there. Okay. First question. Yeah. Your home or apartment, in your case, mm-hmm. is on fire. What do you run back and save? That's music. Yeah. kind of memento or, or you know has importance to you yeah um i would have to say two two guitars of mine and while i <laughs> the guitars that i perform with now are let's say my favorite guitars i think before them before saving them i would actually save my yamaha pacifica from 1992 <laughs> and uh or 91 rather and my I have a Les Paul custom from '97 that my dad got me for my 13th birthday. Oh wow, nice! Um, and I don't play it that much anymore because it's so heavy. But those two guitars, I would those that would be it. Okay. Yep. Uh, question number two. Yes. If I was at liberty to give you a check for a million dollars to give to one charity, who would you give it to? Oh my God! Wow. Um, <laughs> If Rockonomics had this money flowing in. That is really hard, man. (laughs) Gosh, there's so many things, right? Yeah. Um, You know, something, I guess, that um, would help involve girls more in music. Mm -hmm. Um, I know there are are camps now for, for specifically for young girls to play guitar and drums and stuff. But um, as a teacher, I've seen a lot of young girls kind of at about like let's say 12 years old get really self-conscious mm-hmm, um, totally. and just stop playing and you know we need more we need more girls there's a lot of opportunities for women to play music especially now more than ever so i would say uh you know if there's some kind of <laughs> fund for Helping these these we'll, young we'll women to one. yeah we got, a, we got a million bucks there we'll probably is one and I should really you know look into that but yeah um, question three is what would your walk up music be to the pearly gates woo um, gosh I don't know um, I mean I have I'm a huge uh, Smashing Pumpkins fan I'm going to see them next week actually uh, 
maybe something of theirs, like Tonight Tonight. Or are they playing tonight. in town where you guys are coming they, through? Or? They're, like, kind of intersecting our tour sometimes, but um, I'm actually, the, the day after we play in Nashville, um, we have a day off, and I'm going to fly <laughs> to New York and go see them in at PNC in New Jersey okay. on my one day off, and then and then <laughs> jump you know, on a plane and fly back and get to well, I'll meet Where, the band next? in Philly, so it oh, kind of works bad. out. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, but you know, yeah, maybe one of their tunes, maybe tonight, tonight. All right. Yeah. There's no wrong answer. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question four is: What would be stuck on repeat in hell? Oh God. Um, <laughs> That's a great question. Um, maybe Wicked Game by Chris Isaac. I don't oh, really? know. Wow, okay. I don't know. Right. Um, you know, that's coming from someone who's played cover gigs where, you know, it's like the worst song to play. <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. No, I love you. but Doesn't have a nice little guitar. Uh, yeah, but that's, you know, picking. that's a thing. It's just so repetitive. Yeah, and once you've done it a thousand times, you've done it a million times. Yeah, that's one of them that's... <laughs> okay. Hey, fair enough. You're speaking from experience. Yep. Uh, question number five would be your favorite favorite concert. Which What's your favorite, as a fan, what have you yeah. seen? Even if it's, I mean, you've probably been privy to behind the scenes and stuff like that. That, that can work. Or if it's just you bought a ticket and sure. saw something. I would say Madonna at Yankee Stadium. What, I... what year are we talking <laughs> Um, oh man, it was on the MDMA tour. Okay. So, gosh, I don't know, two, 2012 or something around there. Uh, so amazing. I love Madonna. So, man, that was just so exciting to see her at a Yankee Stadium. It was like raining. So we're singing like a prayer got, in the I, yeah. rain. That's, and just, you got to go all in as a fan when it's raining and it's, yes. you know, kind of. It would be miserable anywhere else on Earth, but it's actually, you know, that adds to the experience. Yeah. No, that that was that was it for me. Yeah. Well, all right, Alex. Yeah. Thank you so much for thank taking you, the time. Thank and you. It was, it was thank a you. lot of fun. And, cool. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Alex Nolan. To find out more about Alex, you can visit her website at alexnolan.com or follow her on Instagram at alexnolanmusic. She, like last week's guest William Whitman, will be on tour with Cindy Lauper until early September, so catch them if you can. We'll be back next week with a backup singer whose diverse resume includes not only singing alongside Mick Jagger and Keith Richard, but lending her vocal talents to the theme songs to some of Saturday Night Live's most beloved sketches like Debbie the Downer and the Ambiguously Gay Duo, so tune in for that. All right, episode 33 has gone the way of the dodo. Good night, Cleveland.